come to him as little children. That song came into this ministry through a little baby. The baby was worshiping God on that song. And that little baby was Zachary and Tasha's little baby. And he was just worshiping God on the song. And Athea pulled the song from him. A baby. One that's just started walking and can't yet put his words together. But Athea said he was bowing before God. Just worshiping him. Come on, a baby. And some of us won't even give God the worship that's due to him. How we worship is based upon how it sounds. If the beat ain't like we want it to be, it don't touch us the way we need to be touched. But if you listen to the words, see, this is the problem. If we never have a beat, you need the word. When you got the word, when the beat come in, come on, there's some fire. But if you don't get the words... The beat is not going to help you. We want music to bring us to a place and it's supposed to. But if you're not listening to the word, you're not going to get to that place. And this is the problem. We wait on man to do something that God has already done. This is why when Lucifer was up there with God. He knew how to worship. He had it within him. He had all the instruments within him. When you spend time with him, the Holy Spirit will give you a beat. How do you think the musicians and the singers come up with the beat, come up with the words? Because the one that produced the words already hear the beat. So they're telling the musician, this is what I hear. I hear music in my ear. God don't just give you the words. He give you the beats with the words. We miss it, y'all. Because we waiting on somebody to fine tune us and we are already tuned on the inside. You just got to make the connection with the word of God. All these songs come through David. Because David had a relationship with God. And he sung unto the Lord. So until we get the word, you can't make a beat. People are trying to make a beat without the word. You got to have the word. You need the word. I'm reminded of, I don't know if y'all saw that movie. It was called Blessed and Cursed. It was Dietrich Haddon in there. And the minister got up, the pastor got up, and he was somewhat right, but he was in jealousy. Because people were drawn more to the music than they were drawn more to the word. So he cut the music off and said, we're going to go right into the word. People were mad because they got so used to him. And the way he brought it on, they weren't interested no more in the word, and he saw it. 
But he bought it out the wrong way. He bought it out in jealousy. So there was a war going on between both of them. This is happening in the church. When you are fine-toned, no matter if you are usher at the door, and you are fine-toned, people grab hold to the usher first because of where they are in him. And it will help them open up their heart to get what needs to be gotten through the whole church. We are one body. But we are many members. And it takes the word for all the members to come together in unity. Because Jesus makes up. He's the word. He makes up the body. You cannot do it without the word. So first of all, we have to understand, it ain't about me. Come on, we got some me, myself, and I's in the house. We want people to exalt us. Oh, you did good. Oh, you sung that good. If they never tell you you sung well, if you did it unto the Lord, it does not matter what people say unto you. If they never give you an amen, if they never give you a hallelujah, As long as you please him, you don't have to please man. We are for, we soon forget. Oh, some of us don't forget because we don't go into the word to know. When you go into the word and make a connection with the word, the word lets us know how to act. The word lets us know how to present ourselves. The way he would present ourselves. We have church split because everybody is not where they need to be in the word. Mm -hmm. People leave the church because they want to be like Burger King. Have it my way. I learned a long time ago, y'all. It's not have it my way. It's have it his way or no way. Because God ain't going to change. I don't care what I do or how I do it. But we have to do it his way and his way alone. That's the only way it's going to work. I am so tired of people, church folks, comparing each other amongst themselves. It is not wise. I may teach differently than evangelists, but long as we're teaching the same thing, we're on the same team. I may not sound the way she do or she may not sound the way I do, but we don't disregard one or the other. We take what we need to take and we put the rest on the shelf for a lot. The devil's in the church. He don't have to be out there amongst them. He's amongst us. We bring him to church. When we bring our attitude, we bring him to church. Mm-hmm. When we bring me, myself, and I, we're bringing him to church. We bring him in here. He gets a free ride. Every Sunday. He gets a free ride because it's always somebody into me, myself, and I. Everybody go through. Everybody, you're going to go through. From the pulpit out here. You're going to go through something. And if you're not, you better check to see whose side you on. Because you're going to go through something. 
Somebody's going to do something. But that's why I'm teaching kingdom, y'all. You got to grab hold to kingdom. If we can come together as one body and quit worrying about I'm the least in the body. (laughs) I don't do like somebody else do. God got you right where he wants you to be. And he'll raise you up to the place that he's carrying you. Yo, I started in the toilet. Nobody don't want to start cleaning toilets. I'm too good to clean toilets. I'm supposed to teach. I'm too good to serve somebody. I'm supposed to be served. Jesus said he came to serve, not to be served. So until you can have a servant's attitude, even though you sons and daughters, you got to wash somebody's feet before they wash yours. We got some uppity Christians in the body of Christ. That just because you got a title in front of your name, you feel as if I'm supposed to be treated better than anybody else. If anything, you need to go lower. Then God will exalt you. We got too many people being exalted. But I'm here to tell you, God is going to bring them low. Because God ain't going to have all these isms and schisms in the body of Christ. We have to know how to handle things according to kingdom. And that's what we're going to do here at Miracle Temple. We're going to do it kingdom's way. And the reason why people are not tapping in to this kingdom is because the church is not preaching kingdom. If everybody teach kingdom and quit teaching traditions of men, which make the word of God of none effect, all of us can come together, whether we're at Miracle Temple or anywhere else. It ain't black, it ain't white, it ain't blue, it ain't purple, it's Jesus. We got too much going on. We got too much. That's why the world is looking at the church as being worldly. Because we're doing just what the world would do. Except we're doing it better. They already know how they're supposed to act. And they're doing it. Lord knows they're doing it well. But we're supposed to come in and show them a better way. But we're joining in with their way. If they slap us, we're going to slap them back. If they try to sabotage us, um, Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God is good, but you're working on sabotage in your heart. But you're doing it sneakily, just like the enemy would. Let us go into the word. Hallelujah. We have been talking about, and um, Carlton, it's hot in here. I know the Holy Ghost bring the fire. But it's hot in here. Hallelujah, anyhow. Thank you, Jesus. Woo! Hallelujah. And let the church say amen. It is so. I don't know if y'all in feel like mine. But hell is hotter, so I'm going to tell the Lord, thank you. <laughs> we have been talking about the kingdom. And I'm going to read this scripture that I have read before, and we're going to go on with what God has given me. Go back to Luke, the fourth chapter. And the word of God reads in Luke 4, um, 4, 43. And he said unto them, I must preach 
the kingdom of God to other cities also, for therefore am I sent. So Jesus knew why he was sent. He was sent to preach the kingdom. So this is what we want to talk about. What was so, so special about this kingdom that Jesus said, that's why I was sent. You can be seated. So we're talking about the kingdom, preaching the kingdom of God. You may hear some people say the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. They use it interchangeably. You may see it being used interchangeably in the, in the word of God, but it is the same. It's the kingdom of God and it's the kingdom of heaven. So Jesus was sent to preach the kingdom. So Jesus focused on what he was sent to do. Our focus has to be on what we're sent to do. And understand that you don't have to be part of the fivefold to preach and proclaim the kingdom. I want to say this again. This is the problem when traditions come in the church. When traditions come in the church, it makes people feel as if you cannot proclaim the kingdom, not unless you have a title. No, he, he has commissioned all of us to preach the kingdom. You do have the fivefold to teach you kingdom principles, to teach you about the kingdom. But once you're taught to be a disciple of nations, understand what I'm saying, not just a disciple. He wants us to be disciples of nations. So we want to go out and we want to teach others what we have been taught, which is to preach the kingdom of God. That's what they taught them. On how to proclaim the kingdom. How to bring the kingdom here on earth. This is why in the prayer in Matthew 6. He said thy will be done. Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Why would he put that in the Lord's prayer? Have you noticed tradition quote the prayer. But don't even know what they're quoting. They just do this prayer and everybody repeat after them and everybody think they done said something, but don't even know what they're saying. God want his will to be done. He want his kingdom to come. I want y'all to grab it on earth as it is in heaven. How can you bring something on earth when you don't know what's in heaven? We got born again people. That have accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior but still don't know what they have because they're living outside of what they have because they have been so in tune with what the world has. This is why God want us to preach the kingdom, proclaim the kingdom so we'll know what we have. You cannot go tell people about heaven or the kingdom of God when you have not experienced it yourself. How do we experience the kingdom of God? First of all, we got to know what the kingdom is. When we identify the kingdom, it is a realm over which a king rules. It is a realm over which a king rules. So we know in the Bible, we see a lot of kings that's ruling over a kingdom. And they make sure that nobody come in and invade their territory. They take care of the enemy, y'all. They don't let anybody come in on in, on it, in their territory any kind of way. Do y'all remember when Joshua, he was leading the people? And as he was leading the people, um, I believe it was some that came in. They knew that they were winning the battle. Remember God told Joshua, everywhere the soles of your feet tread. 
You shall possess the land. See, you got to understand being a kingdom citizen, no matter where you go, I don't care if it's in China. I don't care if it's in Africa, wherever the soles of your feet tread, you supposed to possess that land and bring kingdom. You supposed to bring God's way of doing things. I can't remember who they were. Apostle, who was those um, Gibeonites? The Gibeonites came in and what they did, see, this is how sneaky the enemy is. And this is happening in the church. The enemy used them to, to lie, to say that they had no bread, the clothes was wore out. And the reason why they did that, because they knew that God's kingdom rules over all. As long as God was with those Israelites, everywhere the soles of their feet treaded, Joshua, they possessed that land because God's kingdom ruled over all. So when they came in, they came in in disguise. Acting like, you know, they were toe up from the floor up. Guess what? Joshua didn't consult God. He just let them come on in. Come on in. Take a seat. See, that's what we do in the house of God. See, this is where people get mad at. This is why people get mad. See, when you come into, into this house and you want to become a part of what God is doing, you cannot be a part if you're not saved. You can come in, but that heart got to change in order to be a part of what God's doing in this house. Light and darkness don't mix. So people let people come in and sign the role, but their heart haven't changed towards God. So that's why you pick up two isms and schisms in the body of Christ. Because people are saying they said yes to the Lord, but they're coming in disguise. The enemy, no, I'll put people in the midst of you and I want them to think that they're okay, but I know they're not okay because I want them to disrupt what God is doing. That's what they did. But guess what? When they found out what they were doing, they prayed unto the Lord and they had to work for them. They had to go up under what they do and how they do it. So this is why God has given us discerning of spirits. Everybody that say, Lord, Lord, don't know him. Don't let people fool you because they say, I preach and I do this and this is what the word say. You know why you fall for that corny mess? It's because you don't know what the word is saying yourself. It sounds good. It fits what you're doing. But when you are well-rounded in the word and the Holy Spirit is giving you revelation, knowledge, and you done search the scriptures and you know what the scriptures saying, you don't fall for any and everything or anybody. Amen. You don't just take them because they're saying, I'm saved. Come on, you got to watch their walk. You got to watch how they live. You got to watch what be coming out of their mouths when things go on in their lives. You got to watch how they approach situations. How long you say you've been saved? I've been saved for 30 years. Well, your mouth need to be washed. But we don't want to get into all that because we don't want to lose friends. We don't want to do that. See, that tells you you're not operating according to kingdom. 
If we operate as the body of Christ according to kingdom, we wouldn't have all of this fighting and mummering and complaining and, and backbiting and all this stuff going on amongst us because we would know how to work it out according to kingdom. I learned kingdom way, the kingdom of God's way is the best way. But see, Jesus, he came in to introduce the kingdom. He knew why he was sent. You got to know why you are sent. And when you know why you are sent and what you're sent to do, then you're going to do it unto the Lord, not unto you. I can use Kim with her doing hair. She know that she's a beautician. She know what she specializes in. She know what she can do and what she can't do. And whatever she can do, she give it to her customers and let them know what they shouldn't do. I don't think she would take and put a perm on top of uh, what you call a color. Amen, Kim. Once a person get color, I don't think when they sit in her seat, she said, well, I'm going to give you a perm today just to make money because they're going to be bald. She's going to tell them when they sit in her seat, when they say, you know, I want to get a perm. And Kim going to say, well, when did you get this color? I just put it in last night, but I had to lift it up a little bit. How did you lift it up? Well, I used some peroxide. So can you give me a perm because things ain't just laying down like they want to. So Kim began to tell them, no, I can't do that. Because if I do that, this is what's going to happen. So they get mad at Kim and they leave her shop because Kim refused to give them service the right way. They go into another shop and because that shop wanted to make 60 or $80 on a perm, they fry her head and then she's coming back to Kim and say, what can you do for my baldness? That's what the church does. I'm breaking it down to you. People don't want to hear truth. They want what they want when they want it. And if you don't connect with their lie, then they're going to leave you. Bye-bye. Toodaloo. Until we meet again. Uh Uh-uh. You're not subject to that. You're subject to truth. You're subject to help one another. You're subject to help your brother when they're falling. You're going to lift them up, not go home and pray about it. When you see them getting ready to walk in a ditch, you're going to inform them about the ditch, not go home. Oh, Lord, God in heaven, they're getting ready to go in the ditch and bust their head wide open. Lord, help them to see the ditch. I know you can, Lord. Help! He showed you the ditch to show them. My Lord. God used you as the vessel. Come on people. They got a potty mouth. You heard the potty mouth. You're the vessel. You heard. You go to your sister and brother. Say let no corrupt communication. Come out of your mouth. We tell them. You're the vessel, but do you know what this is? It's pride. People get so stuck in pride, they don't want to see, let people see them. They think if I tell you, you're going to think that I'm not where I need to be in the Lord. You need to get back in the word. Oh, I know I'm not going to have some people that's agreeing because you're so set in your ways. Your heart is so hard in that area. You can't even receive what I'm saying because you think what you're doing is right. When God is bringing the word to tell you what his word is telling you, that's right. 
speak truth in love. So we see that Jesus, he knew why he, why he was sent. And Jesus came with repent, think differently. For the kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus was bringing the kingdom to the earth. That's what he was doing. He was letting them know, you got to think differently. And I'm bringing you the kingdom of God so you can think differently. I'm showing you how to live. I'm going to show you how to live a life according to the kingdom and not according to the kingdom of the world. And then at the end of his journey, before Jesus came, John prepared the way for Jesus and he had the same message. Repent. Think differently. For the kingdom of God is at hand. Then Jesus, when it was time for him to go be with the father in John 18, we went over this. Jesus told them, my kingdom is not of this world. Why did Jesus say that? Because they were earthly kings. They said he was the king of the Jews. Jesus knew that he did not come to set up an earthly kingdom at this time. Jesus knew his purpose was the death, burial, and resurrection at this time. So Jesus said, if my kingdom was of this world, because, you know, he was saying, your people turned you over to me. But he said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it was of this world, don't you know my servants would be fighting to prevent me from being taken? He was talking about a physical kingdom with servants fighting on his behalf. But he said, I want you to know my kingdom is not of this world. So the first thing that we have to know is about our kingdom. Our kingdom is a unseen kingdom. It's the kingdom of God. So we got to get to know about that kingdom. So I want to talk a little bit more about that kingdom. And the more we talk about the kingdom of God and how we supposed to represent his kingdom, how we supposed to live according to his kingdom, we will begin to see the traps and the snares that the enemy has set up in our lives and still have us living according to his kingdom. When we look at that, we talked about what the kingdom is. And Psalms 103.19, let me tell you this one. It says, The Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all. That's Psalms 103.19. The reason why I'm giving you that is because before anything was created, before anything was seen physically or, or unseen, God had to create it all. He was here before anything existed. He gave um, existence to things that did not exist. When you look at this, we look at Colossians 1, 16 through 17. I want to establish this first to let you know that it was because of him being ruler. Because of his kingdom ruling over all. I want you to keep that there. His kingdom rules over all because he created everything. Nobody else did it but God. Colossians 1, 16 through 17, the expanded Bible. Through the power, through his power, in him or by him, all things were created. Did you get that? So all things were created by him. Things in heaven and on earth. Things seen and unseen. Come on, let's hold that. Everything that was created in heaven and on earth, the physical and the unseen, God created it. 
God did this himself. And it says, all powers, heavenly authorities, thrones, authorities, dominions, kingdoms, lords, rulers, and rulers, God created them all. And it said all things were created through Christ and for Christ. He was there before anything was made, before all things, and all things continued, endured, a whole together, united because of him. So everything that we see, everything that we see, is because Elohim created it. No man did it, y'all. I want y'all to understand this. No man did this. God did this. So why are we depending kingdom folks on a man or on a woman to fix what's going on around us? God has already fixed it. But we have to release what he's already fixed. That's his kingdom. We as saints, set apart ones, supposed to bring the kingdom This is why when you go to Genesis 1, it tells you what God did, how God created it, which was Elohim, how God put things in place the way they needed to be in place. When he finished putting them in place, telling them to bring forth, he set man in the midst of it and gave them dominion and right to rule and reign over the earth realm. God said, I'm going to give you that right. That's why he created man. He said, okay, heaven is already taken care of. But I need somebody down here on earth. That's why he left the throne. Because he couldn't find a man who knew no sin to become sin. So that we could become the righteousness of God through him. It is through him we live and move and have our being. It is nothing that you can do. He done it all for you, so you got to live through him and by him and in him. You can't do it. Until we get that, we're not living kingdom. Until you understand the way God kingdom work, you still, all of us, at times we try to wait on man to fix something. Man can't fix what's already been fixed. That's why we got to know what's fixed. So we can bring what's fixed into the scene. We bring unseen into the scene. But if you don't know what you have in the unseen, you can't bring it in the scene. That's how we're different. We can do what God did by speaking it into existence. By speaking those things that be not as though they were. This is why he sent Jesus to the earth to proclaim kingdom. To let them know this is how the kingdom worked. And then Jesus began to manifest the kingdom through the word that he spoke concerning the kingdom. That's what we supposed to do. We spend too much time, time trying to do works. We try to do things. To get people to know, I'm bishop, I'm apostle, I'm evangelist, I'm pastor, I'm preacher, I'm pope. We're trying to do too much to get recognition when the only thing we got to do is live according to the kingdom. Be examples according to the kingdom. 
We don't have to prove no title. When you get to heaven, you're not going to have a title. You're going to be just like the angels. You're not even going to have a husband or a wife. You're not even going to have children. You're not going to have all that aggravation that you're having down here. But God has taught us through living by the kingdom how we can deal with aggravation. How we can deal with not killing somebody because they aggravate you so much. When you know kingdom, you know how to handle aggravation and confusion. You know how to handle grudges. You know how to handle offense. You know how to handle strife because the kingdom tells you what to do. So that's why I know where people are when they're living opposite to the kingdom and you in the same situation as 20 years later, people. It's a shame. There should be change when you're in the kingdom. Hmm. So Jesus, we have to understand that God is ruler over everything. You know why I'm so excited, y'all, about this, this series is because God said, I'm ruler over everything, but I turned around and gave you some keys to everything that I'm ruler over. I gave you keys that you can open, that you can open and shut. You can bind, you can lose. I have given you that right. But you got to learn kingdom. You got to learn my way of doing. You cannot just take keys and think you can live any kind of way and do. I'm going to say it again. Some of us are saying I have authority. I have right. But you live in any kind of way. It don't add up with God's kingdom. You can't use God's kingdom to go out and live like the world is living and saying God sent you. He didn't send you for that foolishness. So Jesus knew how the kingdom worked. So the first thing he had to recognize is, and we have to recognize my kingdom. The kingdom that I'm from is not of this world. If you can stay focused on, I'm in the world. But I'm not of it. The part that you got to bring to earth is the not of it. You got to present to them that you're not of this world because you're doing things differently from the world. I don't do things according to man. I do it according to God. We take what's written and that's what we do and that's what we carry out. We don't add to it and we don't take away from it. That's what the Pharisees were doing. They were adding more laws to the laws that God had already given. And they were making the people think that this is what I have to do to get to heaven. We're still living in that day today. People are telling you this is what you got to do. You got to come to church. You got to pay your tithes. Yeah, you do need to come to church. All of us do need to fellowship one with another. But that's not going to stop you from going to heaven because you don't go to church if you have truly accepted Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior. Not paying your tithes is not going to stop you from going to heaven, but you're missing out on the benefits of what it means to give while you're here on earth. See, people are putting labels on things to try to get people to do things in the church. Teach kingdom. Teach them God's way of doing things and you won't be have to beg for nothing. 
You won't be have to count heads to see how many heads you got for the project that you're doing to finish the project. Well, I got a hundred head and we need a hundred thousand dollars. What is that? How many do we need? How, how many, how much do we need for them to pay to get that hundred thousand? Anybody know? Is it a thousand a head? See how quick that was? Don't ask me nobody no thousand dollars in here and they don't know about kingdom. They'll fry you good, some people. They'll fry you good. They'll say you trying to take their money. That's all you after is their money. Yeah. I remember way back in the past, I was asking for ten dollars, not for me. For people to pay for their plate to eat. And somebody went out and said I was taking people money. And do you know people believe that lie? They believed it. But you know what I did? Lord, forgive them. For they know not what they're doing and what they're saying. See, I didn't have to go to them personally at that point. Because... That was a lie. And God is my vindicator. So you just keep on telling them lies. I ain't even going to try to explain myself. Because truth is going to prevail, y'all. So the joy of the Lord was my strength because I knew. But I had people trying to fight the battle for me. They wanted to beat them down. And me and my husband say, no, that's not the way to do it. We're going to pray for them. Because, see, they didn't want to hear nothing I had to say at the time. So it didn't do me no good to go to them because I done went to them. So I done my part. So when you do your part, they're like a heathen. They got to be put out of the... See, this is what we miss with kingdom. People don't understand kingdom. When you follow God's way of doing and people still don't want to connect with God's way, they got to be put out of the church. It's in the word. But when you put somebody out the church because they don't want to hear, they go out and say they threw me out the church. No, you put your own self out the church. We don't have mixed multitudes. Y'all don't remember in Egypt? They brought some mixed multitudes with them. And when they got fed up, the mixed multitudes, because they was used to eating like they ate in Egypt, they start complaining to the Israelites. Then they had them complaining. And then they went to Moses and said, I'm tired of eating this bread, this disgusting bread from heaven. This is just disgust. God's bread, the word of God, snipped them, became disgusting to the people. Can you imagine, y'all, God's word being so disgusting that you don't want to hear it no more? Those are ignorant folk. That don't know the very bread that you eating is keeping you alive while you're going through the desert. The bread that you're getting down from heaven is keeping life in you. It's helping you live them 900 and some years. The bread from heaven. We get like that. We get like sometimes I don't need to wake up and open the Bible. And get me a little bit. I don't need to, to wake up and talk to the Lord about my problems, Jonas. I just need to lay here and get a little bit in before I go work for somebody else. But I'm still saved, hallelujah. I don't need to do that because that don't benefit me. I need my rest to make my money. 
See, because that's the only way I can supply for my family is I got to bring in the money. So I just need 15 more minutes before I show up at 8 o'clock. That's 15. Lord, you understand because you know my heart. Your heart ain't right. Because your heart's supposed to be before God. You don't put nothing before you put him And when you keep him first, it is not easy for somebody to take you out of your place so quick. Because you so full of kingdom. You so full of God's way of doing things. It don't matter what people think about you. Because you getting so full of his life and his life is keeping you. It's protecting you. So you're not worrying about if friends are mad because you can't show up for their party. You're not mad. So we supposed to be kingdom minded. So the first thing is, you got to know that you're not of this world. You're from another kingdom. So how do you know this? The first thing is, is being born again. Remember when Jesus was talking to Nicodemus, y'all. This man here, he was a teacher of the law. He was the one teaching the people. We have many people that's teaching but still don't know what the word of God is saying. You got to have revelation behind the word. This is why I say y'all, and I'm being honest with you. If I go into the word of God, and if it's a scripture I don't quite grasp, and the light bulb haven't come on yet, I have to stop, and I have to say, Lord, you're going to have to show me what you're saying because I'm ignorant right now. God said, you can't receive my word in the flesh. You got to receive my word by the spirit. He said, I'm going to enlighten you, but you have to recognize you can't do this. He said, let my word speak to you and quit speaking to my word. Quit telling me what you think it's saying. Let me tell you what it's already said. See, we, we, we'll grab a scripture and we try to quote that scripture to fit what we want to say. That ain't, that's flesh. That ain't God because the scripture need to come first. And as the scripture come first, when you open your mouth, God is going to fill your mouth. And then everything else is going to come from that scripture, which is coming from the Holy Ghost. He's Holy Ghost. He's Holy Spirit too. It's going to come from him from deep within. See what we got to have in us y'all for kingdom is a reservoir. See a reservoir. What does it do? It has accumulated a lot of water, right? The Bible says that out of our belly, that's your reservoir. It's supposed to flow rivers, rivers of living water. It's supposed to go in every direction. It's supposed to meet people where they are. You don't just fix a plate for you. No. No, we want that river, that reservoir that's in us to flow through us. And the only way it can is by getting in the word. I'm not talking about y'all getting in the word five minutes a week. And say, I've been there. No, you haven't. I beg you to differ. Come on, on your job, when when they give you benefits, we're still talking about the kingdom. How many know there are benefits on the job? See, Jamie, the only one raised his hand. Thank you, Jamie. You know them benefits, don't you, Jamie? mess with your benefits they mess with your life true that Willie 
I saw you over there. Come over here. <laughs> Benefits. That's my security guard over there in that corner. Terry, that's the other security guard right there. We know our benefits, don't we? Sister Nisha, you know your benefits, right? Check this out. We so sure of our benefits. If we're laying in a hospital bed and you racked in pain and they come to your bed and say, you're going to owe this month. I don't care how much pain you got. That's a lie. Go check it again. Hello, somebody. Is that not true? You know your benefits before you arrive at the ER. Some of us avoid the ER because it's more of a charge than going to your doctor to pay the copay. Hallelujah. So you want to avoid that ER at all costs. Stay out of there. You know your benefits. How many know your kingdom benefits? When those benefits can't help you, the world benefits. But you got benefits that tell you you're healed before you hit a doctor's office. You got benefits to tell you you already prosperous before you get any money. So you got a benefit that will last forever. The price is all, see this is kingdom benefits. Kingdom benefits never run out and they already paid for. You don't have to pay for them and you don't have to worry about if you don't have a job, how you're going to make it because you got some kingdom benefits because you are a citizen of the kingdom and God has a right to take care of his citizens. Mm. Is that not good? So when they tell you, we can't pay for this, already paid. God's already done it. See, the reason why we work so hard is because we try to fix something that's already fixed. God will take a McDonald worker and put them in a mansion while you got three jobs and can't even get in a one-bedroom. Christians. Because he's showing them how kingdom work. Sometimes we try to go big, but you need to go low. God said, I'm going to raise you up. I'm going to take little. The kingdom take little and make much. If you had much, you wouldn't need kingdom. I'm talking about on earth. Because in the kingdom, you have everything. But God know where you are, and he got to see if you could be trusted with the little before you go big. Some of us trying to go big and can't stay little. It's never enough. Because our heart is hardened. So, first of all, you got to be born again. Because he told Nicodemus. And Nicodemus is so funny. Y'all ever read about that Nicodemus? He was a ruler. He's supposed to know the law. And Jesus came in and said, verily, verily. Because, see, he began to tell Jesus, oh, you must be really from God. All these miracles that you do. And Jesus said, verily, verily, Nicodemus. They ain't what the Bible say, but he talking to Nicodemus. I say unto you, you must be born again to see this kingdom. When you look at being born again to see this kingdom, y'all, Jesus was letting him know. Let me say this. He said, I tell you that unless a person is born again, a new from above, he cannot ever see. Listen what this means. No, be acquainted with and experience the kingdom of God. We as born again people 
God will open up his kingdom to us. He would allow us to experience. He would allow us to know about his kingdom. So that's the first thing it is. You got to be born again. You have to accept Jesus with your whole heart. His death, his burial, his resurrection. In order to see this kingdom, in order to enter this kingdom, you must be born from above. What did Nicodemus say? See, he physical. You mean I got to go into my mama's womb a second time and be reborn? Oh, we looking at that like he was ignorant, but some of us was ignorant too when we read it. Because we, some of us probably thought the same. Well, I, ain't no way I can get back in her womb. She ain't here for one God. So what, what do I suppose to do? I'm too big to go back through that canal again. And I know ain't nobody going to push me back up there and let me be pushed back out again. That's, that was Nicodemus thinking. That's physical thinking. That's fleshly thinking. When we read the Bible, we cannot come to the Bible with a fleshly mind. With a carnal mind, a carnally minded person, it brings death. A spiritually minded person brings life and peace. We cannot come before the word being carnally minded, looking at it as flesh, as man. It is God's word. It is not man's word. God is not man. God is not man. God is not man that he should lie. So he's telling you that man will lie to you. Even though their intentions are not to lie, they will tell you a bald-faced lie. And try to make it look like, you know how some people lie though? They try to lie without telling the truth. How this look? It look good. Liar. Tell them the truth. Maybe for you, that's what you would wear. But for me, I won't wear it. Or if you know it's lopsided, tell them. It's lopsided and quit letting them walk like they're lopsided. It's just the clothes. Tell them the truth. Because if you don't tell them the truth, you're going to keep lying. Not only that person, but another person. The kingdom is about truth, y'all. It's not about lies. The devil is about lies. So we see that we have to be born again. Once you get born again, you have to know that I am a new creation. In Christ. Understand. You are a new creation in him. Because you're born from above. Not of this earth. And your identity ain't based on you no more. It's based on him. Your new identity is in Christ. Therefore if any man be in Christ. You got to be in Christ. You have to accept what Christ have done for you, not what you're trying to do for Christ. He don't need you to do nothing for him, but live according to what he has done. Isn't that awesome? Only thing I have to do is wake up and live like kingdom. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is, this is telling you your new identity. He is a new creation. All things have passed away. That old nature is gone. It's dead. Behold, all things have become new. I have his spirit. A new life on the inside of me. That old life is not there no more. I have a new identity. Just like when Kim and Jamie got married, Kim's name was changed at the end of Costin. 
That's her new identity. It wipes out everything else. So they have to see her as Costin. So whatever benefits Costin has, Kim has. And actually, she don't even have to ask Costin for it. You gave it to her. He gave her the right. So when she go to the bank, she can do it out of respect and say, honey, babe, I'm going to the bank to, to get everything out. But she don't necessarily have to do it because they are one. She can go to the bank and write the check without his permission because she connected to the bank account. That's what love does. Love trusts one another enough to know that the husband nor the wife is going to wipe out the account. Baby, what's mine is yours. What's yours is mine. Whatever you need is there for you to get it. Just let me know that it's not there so I won't be looking for it. That's all I ask. He gave me the right to take everything he got. He took me out of my daddy's house. So that means my daddy don't supposed to take care of me. He took me out of daddy's house. I don't supposed to go to daddy and ask him for no money. That's the bank right there. He leave his wallet. I need some money. He's gone. Ain't no he money or she money. See, when you do things kingdom way, you do it the right way. I understand having separate bank accounts, but he and she need to know what's in them accounts, people. Any marriage that have separate accounts and the wife can't go look in that account or the husband, you ain't living kingdom. That's not God's way. Oh, some people mad. Don't he try to justify that. Don't he come to me after service and tell me how many accounts you got. I don't care. I don't. That's between you and wives and husbands. Don't even go home and say, you got some accounts somewhere I don't know nothing about. When they die, you're going to find out. You're going to find out what your name wasn't on. It's a a shame that it takes death to do you part. We're kingdom, y'all. We got some single folks already got in their mind, when I get married, he ain't getting a shame. He ain't getting a thing. What's his is his. What's mine is mine. You don't need to be married. You're already unequally yoked. Some men don't even want the wife to look in their wallet. Ooh, that's a beat down. What you doing in my wallet? What you doing in my pocketbook? You asked me before. Who bought you the pocketbook? Who lay your money on the counter? Who feeds you when you wasn't even fed before I took you out your daddy house? Somebody better get their dance on because there's somebody listening right now that's mad. Ooh, when you go home. Ooh, Jesus. May the Lord watch between you and me. While we're absent, one from another. Hallelujah, anyhow, right? Y'all, I'm just telling you about kingdom. And there's some people out there that's listed and that's taking offense because they too much on tradition. And tradition is making the word of God a none effect because nobody want to tell you truth. If you start out right, you end up right. If you start out with kingdom because you're born again, you won't marry a man that won't let you have part of him. 
He gave me a right to get in his business. Every bit of it he has. I gave him a right to get in mine. Every bit of that I have ain't no more mine. His is ours. Y'all hold that tight in your heart because I'm uprooting some stuff that some people have planted. Oh, we have some sneaky people. We have people hiding stuff. I'm getting ready to tell you. Watch this, y'all. It's coming up. What you have hid in that marriage is coming up. And it's going to slap you in the face and pray they don't slap you in the face. Because you've been lying in your marriage. I'm just telling you what's coming out of coming up. He's telling you it's coming up and it's coming out. Don't y'all know whatever is hidden, this is kingdom business, <laughs> shall be revealed. Whatever's in darkness, boom, there go the light. I woke you up dinner. <laughs> you cannot hide sin. Didn't um God speak to Cain and say, Abel's blood is crying from the ground. Where's your brother? God already knew. Am I my brother's keeper? Reading the word. So what am I saying to you? When we do it kingdom way, we do it the right way. That's why we need to know kingdom way. And once we get born again and we know our new identity... That's how we live according to the identity, y'all, we have in Christ. We are no longer our own. Did y'all catch that? We were bought with the price. You don't belong to you no more. Oh, so sad. So joyous. Thank you, God, that I belong to a father who can. I belong to a father that have everything that I need. I don't mind giving up my old identity, y'all. Because everything I need is in Christ. I am part of the kingdom of God. I am a citizen. He has to take care of me. So know your identity. Know that you have a new identity now that you're in Christ. It's not about you no more. It's about being in Christ. See what you have now that you're in Christ. Because whatever he has is already yours. You are an heir of God, but you are a joint heir with Jesus Christ. So you're saying, brother, we share everything. Everything God has given you, he has given me through you. Oh, yeah, brother, you got some bad bragging rights. I couldn't get it without you, but I got it. He got some bragging rights, don't he? But that's not how my God is. He just gave me everything. And everything he gave me was not dependent upon what I do. It was dependent on what Jesus have already done. So we need to quit trying to do something, to get something that we already have. We just need to go into the word of God to see what we have in him and just pull it out and live according to what we already have. But if you don't know what you have and somebody presented to you, you would think that they're lying. When you present healing to people when they're hurting, they pay you no attention. Christians. Because they depended on what man told them. Man said to quit it this time. So we waiting that time that man said to quit. But God said it quit over 2,000 years ago. Amen. You don't go on how your body feel. You go on what the spirit has already revealed. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? Amen. If we keep going on how our body feel, we will make God out of a liar. And I know he's not a liar. Because he don't lie. So 
So just because our body look a certain way, a cutting up a certain way, God has given you authority over this earth suit that he created. Oh, look how good he is. God said the real you is your spirit. That's your new identity. You have a soul that need to be renewed on a daily basis so that body can reflect what the spirit already have. And if your body ain't reflecting it yet because you ain't accepted your new identity. And if it's taken forever and a day, you need to say, God, wait a minute. Hold up. I know what your word said. But something is prolonging what you say. So I'm going to stop right here. And I need for you to speak to me, Lord. Y'all, God is so good. Because this is what God told me the other day. I said, God, I want your people to have everything that you said. God, nothing missing, nothing broken. I just want them to have everything because I know if your word said it, we supposed to have it. So I said, God, Where is it that we're missing you? Your word is true. God, your word is so true. But where is it that we're missing you? Why is it that we feel like we just don't hear you? God, I know you're talking. I know you have already given the answer because you said if we call on you. You will answer. It's a guarantee. God, you say even while I'm yet speaking, God, you have already answered. You have already heard me, God. So God, what's going on? And God let me know, we're so focused on the problem. We're so focused on him. We're supposed to be focusing on him answering, but our attention is really on what we're going through. He said, when you come to know me and trust me, he said, you know, I already answered. Before you even ask me, I have already answered. So you just need to thank me that I am your answer. And I have already answered you. You can trust me enough that you ain't going to fall dead. Not on my watch. Because I got work for you to do. No matter what comes in front of you. No matter what's walking behind you. God said I got you covered. Because you put your trust in me. You a citizen of the kingdom. I am your protector now. I done given you angels. I got my angels on assignment for you. I can't help if you put them on vacation, if you unemployed them. He said, I have given them to you and they go out according to my word. If you're not releasing my word, your angels are sitting there. Y'all, we got the no kingdom. And then the Lord said, I heard this, y'all. He said, it's a whisper. I said, what? He said, I'm going to give you the scripture. He said, it's a whisper, and I'm going to find it. I said, God, you're so... See, when the Lord is speaking, sometimes we're thinking, well, maybe, Lord, that's me saying this above a whisper. That's what he was saying. Listen at this thing, y'all. Job chapter 4, verse 12. Now a thing was secretly brought to me, and my ear received a little thereof. That means my ear received a whisper. God spoke in like a whisper. You know how somebody will whisper to you? Or I may say, Apostle, she heard me. You heard me, didn't you? It's like above a whisper. That's why he said, pay attention to my word. Incline, 
I don't know about y'all. When I want to be nosy, yes, I do be nosy. Y'all don't be nosy. I be nosy. I'll incline my... Willie, show them how to do it. Show... There you go. <laughs> Willie will be kind of looking at you wopsided, but over there in somebody else's conversation. If Sister Nisa and me is having conversation with the church and my husband is trying to tell Willie something, Willie over there looking at my uh uh-huh, my husband something. So what I say, Willie? Cause Willie is trying to tune in to both conversations. He don't want to miss something, and Willie name wasn't even in our conversation. So that's what it means. He trying to incline the meals. Two different directions. So he wants us to incline our ears to his sayings. He wants us to pay attention to what he's saying. So when he speaks even above a whisper, you say, yes, Lord, your servant hears. But when you got more noise coming in from the world, then he's talking, but you don't hear him. And you asked him, God, when are you going to answer me? God said, I already answered. But you weren't listening. So God will speak above a whisper. Remember Elijah? It wasn't in the wind. It wasn't in the earthquake. What else was it? Fire? But he heard a soft whisper. And then he covered. See, sometimes you got to have that time away. You got to cover yourself. You got to get in a place where it's just you and God and you ready to hear what God is saying unto you. You got to open, y'all, the reason why I have been teaching on a fence in Clem School and y'all is getting so good because it's helping me and my husband, isn't it, honey? Lord knows y'all heard about the possum. Mm -hmm. Everybody talk to us. Watch out for that possum. See, I could get offended, but I don't. Because it's real. <laughs> it's real. Neither one of us took offense. We got over that. That's long gone. So when we see another possum, we probably laugh. And my husband probably kill him this time. He kill him dead. And then I'll probably say, he told me what I'll say. Now, why do you want to kill that possum? What I'm saying is, I'm teaching on offense. If you're not in the word the way you need to be, even though I'm presenting the word, you would take offense. Because you feel like I'm throwing you under the bus. I didn't call your name. I didn't call your name. Now I mess with Willie all the time. Y'all, Willie's a celebrity up in here. <laughs> I believe people are going to come to Miracle Temple just to meet Willie. <laughs> Willie, stand right here and wave and let them know this is you. No, no, no. Come here in the camera. Come on, Willie. Come on, Willie. You can do it, Willie. Come on, Willie. Come on, Willie. Come on, Willie. I'm going to leave Willie alone. See, that might have been something in that for you. You sit right there. Look, see, he's talking about, thank you, Pastor. He didn't even catch it. See, he didn't catch it. You know why? Because Willie into me, myself, and I. Mm-hmm. Now, he could have missed out on a blessing through television where somebody could have sent you something, Willie. You done missed it. He talking about... Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I'll be glad when y'all meet Willie. 
Willie'll put you through the test to see if you're really a pastor. But Willie's a good man, y'all. Willie don't take offense. His main words is, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Amen. So we see how if offense can come when the word comes because people are not in the place that they need to be to receive what God has. That's why our hearts have to be open. If the word is speaking to you, don't blame me. God is letting you know where you are. He's bringing correction. He chastised those whom he loved. But when you get into yourself, people will go talk amongst themselves and say, did you hear the pastor talking about me today? I didn't hear your name called. I didn't hear. N- and some people are like, what did she say? Just getting all in their business, stirring them up even more. And what you need to say is, I didn't hear your name called. Where did you get that from? But let me tell you what she said. Now they're going to be mad at you because you done threw them under the bus. So this is why when we live according to the kingdom, we'll do things God's way and not our way. Because it's not about us. So you, you know your new identity. You know who you are in him. And I give you this scripture here all the time. Y'all know my scripture, Galatians 2.20. Paul had to say this too. I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live. That's what we got to recognize. It's no longer us who live, but it's Christ who live in us. So Paul is saying it's not about my life. It's about the life I now have in Christ. So that's how I need to live according to the life I now have in Christ. So then the next scripture that he gave me, and how do we know our new identity? By being not conformed to this world pattern after adapted some of us are adapted to the things so much of the world we don't know when God is speaking because we're used to doing it the world's way and not God's way so when God's way come in there's a fight between the flesh and there's a fight between the spirit and see God love us so much he want what's best for us and he'll send people to you to give you kingdom way of living to let you know you don't supposed to be living like that. That's not God's way of living for you. This is God's way of living for you. This is God's way of being right. God wants you to seek ye first the kingdom of God. Get it? Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Why am I seeking ye first the kingdom of God? Because that's the kingdom that I'm from. So I want to go to the kingdom and seek his righteousness, meaning his way of doing, his way of living. And if I do that, I should know all these things are going to be added unto me. And I don't have to worry about what I eat, what I drink, or how am I clothed, because I'm a citizen of the kingdom. And God is already taking care of all my needs, because he know what I'm in the need of before I ask. Even though man tried to take it from me, they can't take what God has already provided for me do I go through some things that seem like things are being taken yes but I let them know no that belongs to me you cannot have what belongs to me because whatever God give me it's a blessing and it's no sorrow added to it so that's how we operate in the kingdom so we don't want to be conformed to this world 
adapt it to the world's way of doing things. But the Bible said we want to be transformed. Transform is change. Remember the butterfly, y'all. Beautiful bu- butterfly. But before he was a butterfly, guess what he was? He was an ugly caterpillar. Ooh, them caterpillars look so ugly. But he had to be transformed. He had to be changed. And do you know what some of us do as Christians? We do people like we do the caterpillar. We kill them dead before the change comes. Christians. Oh, you just ugly. You just disgusting. You never get it right. You just a uptight something. We kill them dead. We don't give them time to transform into whom God want them to be so they can prove what the good and acceptable will of God is in their lives. What we have to do, we have to build them up in the things of God so they can transform into that new image that's in Christ. So they can live that new life that's in Christ. If we always tear somebody down, we tear them down, but we build them up. This is not God's way. We're going to build them up in the way that God does things. See, in this ministry, root up. Did y'all hear me? People don't want stuff rooted up. People get mad when you're going from the rooter to the tutor. They get mad. You got to dig deep. Whatever God has not planted, it shall be rooted up. It is my job that whatever root is in your life that you may not see, it is my job to help you to root it up, to help you to see that root so you don't have to live in that condition all your life. Let me ask you a question. When you go to a doctor and you got a problem with your body, why do you go to that doctor? How did they get to the root? They ask you questions. What have you been eating? How long have you been eating it? They ask you all kind of questions. Was your mama like that? Was your daddy like that? Was your family like that? They go on your family. Listen here, man. They may have been like that, but I have a new life. See, this is what I'm saying. They have to ask you questions. Why is it that we go to somebody we really don't know and we give them all our business and then when I'm trying to help you or somebody in the body of Christ is trying to help you, you get offended. Why are you asking me all that? The same reason your doctor and lawyer asked you. I'm asking you according to the kingdom. You come to me. So if you came to me, you want me To tell you what's going on. And now the only way I can tell you is with the help of the Holy Ghost. So we want to make sure we do things kingdom. We want to line up with the kingdom so our mind have to be renewed. It have to be transformed. If not, we will not be able to know. We will not be able to prove what the will of God is. We need to stop right there in Romans 12, 1 and 2. This is how you make your body a living sacrifice. By the renewing of your mind. This is how you make your body pleasing and acceptable to God. By your mind being renewed according to his word. And you're going to make a connection with his spirit. And your body is going to carry out with what the soul connected to. So it's time for us y'all. And I got much more but I'm going to save it. Lord knows I'm going to save it because I keep going back over it. Over and over again. Let me tell you why. Some people probably say why we keep having the same lunch and breakfast, lunch and dinner. Because you ain't grabbed it yet. You ain't grabbed it. Because some people are doing the same thing just a different day. 
We follow kingdom. And when you get mad at people who's following kingdom, then you're not amongst kingdom. You're living according to the world. So go back. Go into the word of God. Review what we went over so far. Now, y'all, I'm going to get into the benefits, the healing, the deliverance. But sometimes we want all of that, but we don't know who we are. And when we get it, we can't keep it. You got to be able to keep yourself. The Bible said we have to keep ourselves in the love of God. How do we do it? By praying in tongues, by praying in the Holy Ghost, by building ourselves up in the most holy faith. Some of us get the tongues, but we don't bother to pray in them because we say that's just don't make me sound good. I don't want people to know I can pray like that. It takes me out of who I am. That's why we got to be taught all over again. The kingdom. So we can live according to the kingdom and we can help others live the way God originated it from the beginning. Go back to the beginning. This is how God wanted it to be. Look how evil come into the world. And we're going to get into that next Sunday if it's the Lord's willing. But I pray that everybody grab hold to this kingdom. And the more we grab hold to his kingdom, his kingdom is not about meat and drink. It is about righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's what it's about. We got to take our mind off of rituals. We got to take our mind off of, oh, this day is the Sabbath day. That day is the Sabbath day. No, Jesus is the Sabbath. And he's the one that give us rest. So if we in him, we have rest. Amen. So every day is a Sabbath of rest in him. We don't have to claim a day. Amen. So y'all, it's going to get gooder and gooder and gooder with the help of the Holy Ghost. Because God know what we need so we can love one another. So we can do what the word of God tell us to do. And we cannot do it until we know kingdom, y'all. God's way of doing and God's way of being right. Come on and give God a hand clap of praise.